0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today is our uh, eighth week of our... Nine-week series uh, of Forward. We're going to be ending next week. The reason why um, it's nine weeks is actually because we've uh, divided this series into three sections, three segments. The first three weeks, we talked about following God. Uh, The next three weeks after that, we talked about um, fishing for men. And now, last week, this week, and next week, we're talking about fellowship with believers. And uh, basically, the whole series is our uh, discipleship series, Um, meaning the reason why we're calling it Forward is we're basically talking about moving forward in Christianity, because a Christian who doesn't move forward or a Christian who doesn't grow or anything that doesn't grow, basically, is either dead or sick. Part of our Christianity, because this is our life, this is meant to move forward. This is meant to grow, and that's what actually we're doing in the past uh, nine weeks. We're talking about how to grow in our Christianity. Just a little update. As I've mentioned, I am a part of Every Nation Campus. I am in charge of uh, the whole uh, South Metro Hub. And um, recently, we've uh, dived in into a project, and this is the first time we're doing this in the entire Every Nation Campus Philippines. Um, we actually are. We actually have started a, 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 a campus ministry with international students over the past few weeks. Um, recently, we've, we even had... Um, Some sort of, uh, since we're Filipinos, we love to eat. We call this the International Food uh, Party. We've attended by several countries, actually. We have India, um, three countries from Africa, like uh, Eritrea. Uh, We have one from Ghana. We have uh, people from Europe with Germany, Ireland, and uh, and all of uh, the United States. And uh, basically what we did, aside from having a party, we really talked about the power of the Holy Spirit in changing the world. And I believe we can change the world even right here at our doorsteps. And this is why we're passionate about doing this. we prayed. Um, there were several people with a Hindu background, um, atheist background. We just really just prayed for them and gave the word of God to them. And in such an amazing time. Uh, so that's my update. And uh, God is really uh, faithful. In fact, in, uh, on July 15 to 16, Pastor Saul mentioned about having a victory weekend. We will be having our very, very first in the entire Every Nation Campus Philippines to have a, an International Students Victory Weekend. So please pray for us this coming July 15 to 16. All right, forward. Talking about growth, I think one of the major things that we have to do in order for us to grow is to eat. I have food pictures I'm about to show you. (laughs) But the reason I'm going to show you the pictures is because um, every time we talk about the Word of God, we usually associate it, and in fact, the the Bible also mentioned it, with food. We talked about the Word of God as the food of our souls, and we need to eat it. We need to consume it. But sometimes we have different ways of consuming food. In fact, we have different, um, when when we consume food, there are, Different types of food and nutrients, so we can get. Um, And so I wanna, I wanna highlight something. Me and my wife recently just been, uh, um, we've we've hired, not hired, but we we have a nutritionist that's been following, that's been following up our uh, food because we realize we are not healthy anymore. We're not getting any younger. And two things that she that that, that she talked to us about. You know, it is good that we eat carbohydrates. It's not necessarily bad. It gives us energy. But too much of carbohydrates, this turns into fat, and it's not healthy anymore. But the sad thing about that, some of the best desserts that we can ever have are made up of carbohydrates. But here's the thing. Some Christians would eat the Word of God as if it's carbohydrates. Meaning it's, yes, it gives energy. It motivates. And the Word of God does that a lot. You know, when we some of us would would send out a gm every morning we would send out like uh, a very very good verse that make us made us feel good that day and we post it in our facebook and we did and we do that and we tell all our friends and again that's not bad but if the word of god is just all about that then maybe that's not healthy what do i mean by that i remember i was talking to a friend of mine who's not from alabang not from this congregation and he told me, you know what, Edre, I just realized that, you know, because of the grace of God, I am loved and affirmed by Jesus Christ. And I'm like, yes, I agree with that. And he said, because I am loved and affirmed by Jesus Christ, I can be whoever I want. But let me tell you this, this guy is one of the biggest jerk I know. He's very rude to girls, to to other people. He's arrogant most of the time. And so when he said, you know, I am loved and affirmed, so I don't need to do anything about myself. I'm like not the point the grace of god allows us to be free from you being a jerk but what happened to him because he took the word of god as too much carbohydrates it's not healthy anymore and then our nutritionist said i know this sounds bad but let me tell you good news there is actually one kind of food that you can eat as much as you want in order for you to be healthy, you still need to eat this. Obviously, you need to eat vegetables. You need to exercise. But if you you start eating proteins, meat, egg, cheese, peanuts, what I love the most. But apparently, if you eat too much, you get uric acid, so it's not that healthy. But protein, the reason why this is healthy is because the more you eat it, the more muscle mass it develops. The more muscle mass you have, the more fats are burned, the more healthy you, you become. Now, if you're, if you're a nutritionist, please do correct me if I'm saying something wrong. But this is just what, what's been taught us. Now, here's the thing. Today's word, what we're going to be talking about today, is not necessarily something that would make us feel good, but it is very healthy. In fact, this will build us up. This will build up c- certain spiritual muscles that we all need to move forward. What today's word is actually protein. So we're going to be hitting the spiritual gym today as we talk about an, a, a very, very important part of our Christian life. In order for us to move forward, we've talked about so many things the past few weeks. We're going to be reading from the book of First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. In fact, just to two verses it says here finally all of you have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind verse 9 do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless can you tell that to your neighbor bless For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds. God, let your spirit really pound this word in us so that this will strengthen us and build us up and grow us. Thank you, God, that your word, God, is alive. It is active. It is like a two-edged sword, God, cutting through us. And I pray, God, that our hearts... Are open, God, to receive what it is that you want us to receive this evening. We thank you and honor you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The book of first Peter, like some, not all, of certain epistles in the New Testament. Epistles, when I say epistles, these were books that were written. Um, they were actually letters. And they were either sent to certain people, to certain churches, but there are letters that were. Meant to be circular letters. When I say a, c- a circular letter, this was not meant for just one church. This was sent to a church and was meant to be passed around. So it's meant to go around. That's why it's called a circular letter. Epistles are usually, if not all of them, are always meant for Christians during the during their time. Christians who are suffering from persecution. Christians who are, you know, um, not, not, not just the persecution that we know. These are persecution that they can be killed. By the Roman Empire because of their faith, and the circular letters and the letters sent to them are not just meant to encourage. Some of them are meant to rebuke. Some of them are meant to um, to uh, to talk about the, the the doctrine and whatnot. But the overall reasons for 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 the letters to be sent are for the people of God to grow. So today's word, as I've mentioned, the text that we've read earlier. This was meant for Christians. So if you're a Christian, this message is for you. Now, maybe you've just tried this out. Maybe you've been invited to attend today. Maybe you've just been, I'm just trying to figure this all out. I'm just testing this out. Thank you for joining us. We're praying that you will be able to encounter God. And um, our word, yes, this is meant for Christians. People have a relationship with Jesus Christ. People have encountered Jesus Christ. My prayer is that you will have a glimpse, at least, of what this is all about. Why we're Christians in the first place. Why we love Jesus in the first place. And we're hoping that even though this is addressed to a specific group of people, you are not forgotten. We are here with you. If you have any questions, let us know afterwards. In fact, you are encouraged to join a victory group so that you'll know more. But yeah, this is the audience here. So if you are a person who have encountered Jesus Christ, what... Peter was saying that I have an instruction for you, he said. If you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, if you, ha- if you know Jesus Christ, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, then I am giving you three action words. This is actually what we're, we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at three verbs that Peter is talking about. But the whole goal of this, in which this is our, actually our topic today, is for us to have relational unity. So if you're writing down notes, this is the topic. The goal of this topic is for us to have relational unity. Why is this important? Because in the church, the reason why it grew is because during the early church, so they've established churches in different cities of the known world, a lot of internationals, and this is why I'm passionate about this text, is because uh, a lot of the international people, meaning people who did not have the same faith, they came from a different language, they have a different religion, they were in that particular city, they would see this community of people who loved one another, who serves one another, who were who were not just serving, they were giving to each other. And these people just worship together because there is such a relational unity. And Peter is saying this is very important because in order for the world to know who my church is, they need to have this because otherwise, a place where there's no, a church or a building or a group of people that doesn't have a relational unity is not a church. It's just a gathering of people gathered for that day, but the truth is in their heart, even though they've encountered Jesus Christ, it is not reflecting outside. It is not evident outside because an evidence of a group of people who have encountered Jesus Christ is relational unity, protein. So what are the verbs? What are the action words we're going to be looking at in order for us to have relational unity? Let's go back to the verse, 1 Peter 3, eight. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble heart. Have what? We've, I read that earlier. But have something. Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So let's uh, go through each one just a little bit, okay? We're going to be passing by all those terms. What do they mean? <sighs> unity of mind. Unity of what? Now, when I was reading this, when we talk about unity, for exa- in such a crowd like this, we have how many? Like a thousand two hundred attendants in one service. We have several services over the weekend, and these are people who are coming from different backgrounds, different names, different surnames. Some of us have different agenda going to church. I'm not saying that's bad. That's a, we have different agenda. We do. Some of us, I'm going to church because my. Friend, invited me. That's an agenda. Some of us are saying, uh, my agenda is because I am serving in the music team. That's another agenda. I, I, I'm here because she's here. Well, that's another agenda. <laughs> different agenda. We're here. So not just background, not just agenda, our, our cultural differences, our opinions are different. In fact, if I'm going to, and which I'm not going to do, um, if I ask who's yellow, or who's who's Duterte, there would be a lot of different opinions over that. So, how do we have unity of mind? In, in the text, unity of mind means like mindedness. How can we be, how can we have one mind? If we're all coming from totally different whatever. But it says here have unity. Of mind you know when we talk about a church we're not just talking about this building this is actually not the church this is just a facility the church is us so we talk about unity of mind we're also talking about the unity of the victory group the unity of your Christian friends but basically when we talk about unity we're talking about the mission and the calling that we have as Christians in the Bible, let me just mention this. Anyone who causes the opposite, which is division, and plants hate towards leaders, pastors, or whoever, in the Bible, it was synonymous to sorcery and witchcraft. They're not witches, <laughs> but the act of causing division is synonymous to sorcery and witchcraft. These are the people that when you hang out, afterwards you have a certain hatred over someone, whether that's leadership, whether that's a pastor, whether that's a victory group leader, whether that's a brother or a sister. Every time you talk to this particular person, you come out of that conversation hating on another person. That's the start of that. When a person gathers people, I'm fine. We are not perfect. There's no perfect church. And sometimes there are things that I would see and I kind of not agree. I I I don't necessarily agree. So I talk to someone. I talk to a a person of authority who can do something about what I'm feeling and about that's something that i disagree but if a person particularly for the purpose of causing division would gather people and say you know what don't listen to that pastor because he's just teaching this 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 this. or you did you know what this person did this to me why don't we form a group and just you know this uh, person haters club group that we can we can form towards this person if a person keeps doing that that action is synonymous to sorcery and witchcraft I didn't say that. I did not make that up. That's in the Bible. Now, let me balance this. What if you know, the, the person I know really is committing sin or that the pastor is actually the most legalistic pastor ever, then please talk to someone that can do something about it. Again, we're not perfect. We're here for a conversation. But unity of mind. If you continue, sympathy and brotherly love, I put them together. Basically, those two words would talk about compassion. And compassion is not just feeling bad over someone. Okay, Compassion actually means to suffer with. Now, for example, if you see me walking down, for example, while I'm preaching, and for some reason I just missed my step and I fall off the stage, okay? Compassion is not this, oh, that's so sad. Pastor Edre fell. That's not compassion. It's also not compassion, even though the meaning of compassion is to suffer with. That you, if you see me fall, you would go up on the stage as well and then fall also, so that you can tell me, oh, Pastor Edre, I am with you. I'm like, that's not what I need. <laughs> I need someone to pick me up. I need someone to kind of exert their effort and tell me, Pastor Edgar, I'm here to help you stand up. That's what compassion is. In fact, when we talk about compassion, this means a lot. When you see a brother or a sister who fell from sin because the normal way of the world is to, oh man, this person did bad. Did you know that this person did bad? And we post it in Facebook we post it in Twitter and we talk to certain people. That's not what a christian should do in fact a person if we find out someone if we find out that someone did something that we oh man i think that's not glorifying to god that's that's sin actually a compassionate person would say oh man how can we minister to this person before i even talk about this person's sin over to someone how can we help now i feel helpless maybe i should talk to his victory group leader maybe i should talk to his pastor now that's compassion compassion would be if i'm a christian i would go here in church i would see someone sitting alone by themselves compassion will lead me to say you know what i'm going to sit right next to this person introduce myself and ask oh hey how are you how long have you been attending do you have a victory group you know what you can join mine or oh, your schedule our schedule doesn't mix you know what? i'm going to look for someone to this to, to help you and disciple you compassion Compassion is the same thing that allows us to go into our workplaces, our schools, and see the people around and understand oh, man, they need Jesus Christ. I'm going to do something about it, I'm going to speak the word of God. Compassion. And the last group, it says here a tender heart and a humble mind. Or, in other words, a heart poised for humility. Now when we talk about humility, this is kind of hard when we talk about humility, because to hear someone say "I am humble is a totally it, it's just it's a conflict. You know I am the most humble person on earth that the moment you stand next to me, my humility will be transferred to you, and you will be the second most humble person on earth that just doesn't work that doesn't i don 't know why. So that's not the humility we're talking about. Not the humility by words. Not even the humility where you did something great, whether you're serving in kids' church or you're an usher and someone comes up to you and say, you know what, bro? What you did earlier, you greeted us with such smile and energy. I am so encouraged by that. And then we answer, no, that's not me. That's all God. That's God's spirit around me. Please do not say anything good about me. That's not humility. Philippians 2, three, defined humility for us. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is interesting. Because when we say we count others more significant than ourselves, and if we truly believe that, that would translate in a lot of different actions. So when we say, I am counting someone more significant than me, then a person who would go in and they would see the ushers smile at us and greet us because they are more significant than us, if we look at this verse, then you would say, oh man, hi, thank you for greeting us. Thank you for giving your time just to serve us and have our our seat. Not, you know, when we enter, we just ignore all the ushers and we even have, you know, we get even annoyed if the person doesn't, you know, it doesn't help us to a seat. Because we have to understand, a person in humility would look at others as more significant than themselves. A person who's looking at others more significant than them would look around this room and say, Oh man, a lot of awesome people, More people that are way awesomer than me, awesomer, how can I serve each one? Maybe I can't serve everyone, but who can I serve someone today by talking to them, by connecting with them? If we look at others more significant than ourselves, even us here who goes up on stage, and there is a notion that when someone goes up on stage, they're probably talented, they've probably studied well, they've done this. Um, I look at myself and say, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. But if we have that mindset and we go up here in, on stage, then that means if I see you as someone which is, you truly are more significant than me, then that means I will do my, the, the bestest job. I have such an amazing vocabulary tonight. I will do the bestest job I can do to preach the word because the people i am speaking to are more significant than me and the more they receive the word of the most significant person on earth then that means that that word will multiply and that will grow and that will reach out to even more people than more than the people i can reach out to because you guys are more significant than me my wife knows how i'm struggling with humility seriously she knows how by default, I'm like, when, when my wife tells me, uh, Andrea, I like what you're wearing today, or you look great today, my, my, my first instinct in my head is to say, I know. <laughs> but could I hear more? But when I saw this first, it freed me. Obviously, um, my victory group leaders, my my. Pastor Saul, who's also my ninong, and all the other pastors are, you know, dealing that with me. I talk to people, like, Past- Pastor Saul, medyo mayabang na naman ako. That's being dealt with. But this freed me when I saw this is what humility is. Imagine a community of people doing this. Unity of mind there's compassion for each other and everyone would look at someone and say you know what you're more significant than me i know you're sitting in my most favorite seat but you are most you are more significant than me so by all means enjoy the view <laughs> now let's go back to our main text the next verb that peter said first peter 39 he said he says here do not, do not, do not. What? Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless. For this is your, for, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling. Basically, evil and reviling means. Almost the same thing, but not exactly. That's why they were separated together. Uh, we're talking about physical harm and verbal harm or slander or insult or evil intentions. So that's why they're, they, they're put together, but they're also separated in a way. And when we're saying this, what Peter is addressing every time, somewhat, if, if you receive harm or an evil intent over, you know, someone that you know, someone in church, or someone has insulted you, who has been saying things about you that are not true, or maybe they're not, maybe they're true, but they're very slanderous in a way. He, Peter is saying, do not repay evil. For evil reviling for reviling and the reason why Peter said this the reason why Peter wrote this is because he's addressing a human nature that everyone outside is doing and that is the human need for revenge you do me wrong I do you wrong imagine that life that that imagine a world where everyone's in that cycle that's why we have clan wars In the provinces. It's because of that spirit, that human need for revenge. You did me wrong, I'm gonna do you wrong. You said something to me and about my family, I'm gonna post you on Facebook. (laughs) Because that's all I can do. (laughs) But you know what? I'm gonna do something different. (laughs) I will tag you. (laughs) All right, let me clear this. The human need for revenge is bad. Definitely, that's obviously even from the terms, from the word, that's bad. But the truth is that is actually coming. That is actually a uh, distortion of our godly design for the human need for justice. Now, when we talk about justice, justice is receiving what we re- what we deserve and giving and dishing something out to some to someone that they do that they deserve. Or what we think they deserve. However, the Bible says something else. There's a need to fight back. There's a need to, 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 count, uh, to, to, to do the same evil that you've done me. There's a need for me to hurt you on how you've hurt me. That's the world. That's why Peter is saying, do not, please, please, do not even go there. But this person said something to, you know, to, to, to my friends in my victory group and I'm here, I'm being innocent. I don't know why, why they're talking about that. And so, you know, ah, I'm so angry. I want to I wanna do the same thing to that person. But the Bible says, Peter is saying, and since the Bible said it, the Holy Spirit is saying, do not. Just don't. Now, I say that with who good. Because the truth is, this is, not easy. this is not an easy thing to do. Not at all. Again, as I've said, there is a human need for justice that translates into revenge. And when I say a human need, it needs to be satisfied. And most of the time, I'd be like, alright, cool, someone said that to me. And I'm like, okay, fine. But sometimes I would see that when I'm driving. Just something comes out when I drive. It's just I don't know, like what comes over me. Imagine I'm driving. It's the sun, the sun is out, no rain, no traffic. These are rare days. Driving. Oh man, no traffic, smooth sailing. I'm on the Skyway, and then, ah, what a lovely day to drive. And then all of a sudden, someone cuts you. You know the first instinct, and I would say this to myself, the first instinct is to target that very same car. I know your plate number. (laughs) I need to get ahead of you and cut you how you cut me because you've hurt me. (laughs) That's coming out of that. And so it's so hard. And the Bible is saying, do not, just don't. But it goes further than this, actually. Normally, when we talk about um, justice, mercy, and grace, um, justice is giving what they deserve or ex- receiving what we deserve. Mercy is saying, you know, not letting them have what they deserve. And mercy is saying, all right, fine, I forgive you. And usually we're at that. Fine, I forgive you. Lord, help me to forgive this person. And then we're done. But Peter did not stop there. <laughs> In fact, he continues, he said, um, on the contrary, because the opposite of revenge is this. What? Bless? Let's. <laughs> you, know, you know what bless means here? Actually, the word bless appeared twice. Bless and blessing. The Greek word for both is, in ort- we bless... Them so that we will receive the blessing, we will obtain the blessing. But did you know the meaning of bless here actually came from the Greek word? Two Greek words that are almost the same but have two different meanings are called Eulohio and Eulohia. Not the Julio and Julia TV series, <laughs> Eulohio and Eulohia. Eulohio and Eulohia actually um, is where the word eulogy comes from. Oh, man, eulogy. I would love to give the best eulogy to that friend who said this to me because he's dead. (laughs) No, 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 no. okay. Eulogy is when we're honoring someone with the best memory we have for the person. So, the Bible is saying not only do you forgive, you will honor that person. What? What? The other meaning, eulogia, actually means benediction. And benediction means to pray for the prosperity of that person. (sighs) Mic drop. (laughs) What? Let me say that again. If someone did evil to us, someone reviled us, and someone slandered us, the righteous way, the biblical way of doing it, it's not just to give mercy, which is to say, I forgive you. Fine, let's not look at each other again. But we're forgiven. Is for us to come to a point where we're saying, Lord, please bless him. Please bless her. That's what we call grace. And I'm reading this and I was getting furious. What? Who would do that? Did you know that this, um the, the the part of our, now if you're a medical student or if you're if you're a doctor, just correct me if I'm wrong, okay? I've read this somewhere, so I blame that book. Um the part of our brain, for example, if someone cuts me with a knife, okay, so my brain, my the part of the brain, my a part of my brain will receive that pain. And so I would, I would receive the pain and it will bring it back there so that I would experience the pain. That part of the brain that processes pain is the same part of the brain that processes pain when someone says something to you. If someone calls you, you, you you're worthless. You're stupid. I hope you die. You are this, you are that. If someone insults us and slanders us and tells things about us that are so negative, same part of the brain will receive that pain. In other words, our brain are receiving whether it's a, it's, it's a physical pain or it's a verbal assault as the same thing. It's as if that person cut you. That's why when you experience words like that, you know, we cry. And it's because our brains are putting that signal in us, you've been hurt, you've been attacked, you've, this happened to you. So now, if I'm looking at this, and it's it, the, the, the Bible is saying, do not repay evil for what? And I'm going to bless them? You mean, God, if someone hurts me and someone says says things to me and gossips about me, the righteous way to do is to say, Lord, thank you for this person. Thank you for his life. Thank you that you died for this person. Thank you that you love him. He does not know what he's doing. Thank you, God, that even your grace is surpassing all knowledge, that the same grace I receive is the same grace this person has. Ah! I remember my dad... Telling me about this. There, there's a reason why we ended up in victory. This was like a decade ago. I grew up in another church, and something happened, as I've mentioned. There's no perfect church. I am not blaming the people there. I am counting this in the sovereignty of God because God wanted me to be here, our family to be here, to meet you amazing people and some of the bestest people I know and are best friends of my life. In fact, my wife I met my wife here. So that is a blessing in itself. But when I look back uh, at that particular story, I would remember at that that there was a point in my life where I saw someone... Said so many bad things about my dad in front of me, my brother, and my family. I mean, it's one thing if we see um, bashing in online, right? If someone sends us, like, someone trolls us and someone says negative things about us online, that's another thing. And this one, I experienced it in front of my eyes. And the only thing I could think of during my time is getting a table and slamming it in everyone's faces. That's how I felt. And I couldn't contain myself. I was so angry with the things that they're telling my, saying to my dad because I know my dad. My dad wouldn't do that. My mom wouldn't do that. Maybe they did. I did not know. But regardless, they're my family. I love them. So I couldn't control myself. I was way younger then. I had to go inside my room and just started. I put my, the pillow over my head and I started cursing. I'm a pastor's kid and I cursed. Yes, we're not perfect. I was just so angry during that time. I asked God for forgiveness like years after. <laughs> i was so furious. Why? 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 A few hours after and everything has settled down, my dad came into my room, sat me down, and he said this, Edre, they are our brothers and sisters. And if we die this moment, and they too, all of us will meet each other in heaven. What? <laughs> I couldn't understand it back then. I couldn't. But while I was praying for this message, I was reminded of something, what, how God worked in my heart. Because while I was looking at this, I realized that the first part of this text was, Finally. To use the word finally, this was, in other words, I therefore conclude. For, our, for, for the students here, when we're doing a report, when we're doing a science research, at the end of it, we say, I therefore conclude. And in order for us to conclude over something, there has to be a prior statement that proves everything first. And then we test it, we do something about it, and at the end, we say, I therefore conclude. And this is the same thing here. When Peter said, finally, this is what you do. It's because he was mentioning several things prior to this. In fact, verses before this in 1 Peter 3, if you're going to check it with me, talks about the biblical relationship of a husband and wife. And I look at this verse. Yes, those are the very, very same things that we need in marriage. Unity of mind, uh, sympathy, well, not brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. But there was something prior to this. The motivation of all things. And then when I saw this verse, this was the very same verse my dad used to me during the time that he was telling me, Edrey, I forgive them. So should you. Because in the previous chapter, 1 Peter 2, 21-24, it says here, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. When we say he committed no sin, he is the only person who has ever right to take revenge because he did nothing wrong. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. But in verse 23, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threatened but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly he himself bore our sins in his body on that on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed he did not revile he did not fight back while he was dying on the cross insults were still thrown at him he was tortured he was already he's soon to be dead and yet the people couldn't condemn themselves and they started hurling insults at him and even then jesus is saying Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But because of what He did, I love this last line, by His wounds you have been healed. We usually use this with physical healing and that's obviously a part of that. Part of that also is our sickness called sin and it was healed because of the death of Jesus Christ. But then I remember that story of how hurtful words and how harm has been being processed by our brain as the same thing. And Jesus is saying, I know what He said. I know the things that have been said about you. But by my wounds, I'm healing you. I know what you feel. I've experienced the same thing. When my dad said this to me, I'm like, Lord, oh. it's man." Pastor Edry, you have no idea what this person did to me. I don't. But Jesus does. I'm not the one promising healing. He is. And He's promising specifically for you. Yes, we're talking about relational unity as a church. We need to treat each other like this towards each other. Unity, forgiveness. But more than that, in order for us to be able to give that, we have to experience that first. That's why I said this message are for Christians. As we all stand up. Because only through a relationship with Christ is this ever possible. Only through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something about blessing others. You know that feeling when you forgive someone? Oh, okay, okay. Alright, all right, Lord. Done. I'm, I, forg- I forgave someone. No, no more weight. But I ask you, I dare you to try this. Over oh, the people who have hurt you, you start saying, Lord, I pray that this person be promoted. I pray, Lord, that he will encounter you because the only reason that he's acting or she is acting like that is because she or he doesn't know how you love, how you would love a person. I pray that he will meet you. I pray that he will invade his life and encounter him. Lord, I pray that his children, God, will be blessed. I pray that the fruits of his labor will be, uh, they will experience the fruits of his labor, that it will be amazing, that he will be prosperous so that he can bless others. God, I pray for my friends' grades, that they will rise up and they will be anointed. God, thank you for this person. And I see him or her here in church, and sometimes I, 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 he, he, he or she doesn't know I got offended by him or her. But Lord, thank you that at this very moment, Lord, um, as you are working working in me that you are also working in that person. I pray that you touch that person and Lord and let that person encounter you so that he or she will find it amazing how it is God to be loved and forgiven by you. You know what happens when someone does that? Not only does it relieve the burden, the Bible says by his wounds you have been healed that's how the ceiling starts that's how those wounds just starts closing up that's how the burden not only goes away it won't even come back as far as the east is from the west why don't we all close our eyes right now Oh, we thank you god for your grace we thank you god that you love us that you've given your life for us that you died on the cross for the very sins that we have why we're offended in the first place is because of the sinful nature that is, is that is in us lord and thank you that because we have been healed god from the from from, from our human nature from our from our sinful nature god thank you that we can forgive that we can look at someone and say lord i will bless that person So God, give me the strength to do this. Give me the strength to say, Lord, Lord, make me feel your heart towards this person, God. Why don't we all do this? Why don't we all close our eyes? Maybe this word is not for everyone. Maybe this is just for a couple of people. But if you're here, and while I'm preaching, there are specific people that popped up into your mind. This message is for you. So where you're sitting right now, why don't you just start praying praying a prayer of blessing for that person? As hard as it is, just, just try it, Lord. Give me the strength, God. Under your breath, say that person's name. Just start Declaring a prayer of blessing for that person Bless Thank you Lord Lord I pray for healing For the pain people may have caused in us For the hurt For the words Maybe I deserve it, maybe I don't God, but they hurt the same way. Thank you God it is that healing only comes from you, not through time Lord, because in you even a split second God can, can cause healing in us and so Lord we're declaring God we are healed in you by the wounds that you receive, by the insults that you receive, by the the, the Lord by, by the cross, by the crown, Lord by the nails that' been pushed in you. We are healed in Jesus' name. So we declare that healing in our lives right now. In Jesus' name we pray. One more prayer. All heads are bowed down and all eyes are closed. As I've mentioned, this is only for Christians. But that doesn't mean that God is not offering this to you because in order for you to have this kind of healing in order for you to experience this kind of joy in order for you to be unburdened by the past by the past hurts and wounds that you may have you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ first in order for you to experience this fully so as all heads are bowed down and all eyes are closed and you're saying I want to have that relationship I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ at the count of 3 please raise up your hand 1 2 Three, thank you very much for those hands, Lord. Thank you, God, for those hands. Thank you, Lord, for those hands, God. Lord, you see these hands of these people, see their hearts, Lord. If you're raising up your hand, why don't you follow me in prayer? In fact, why don't we all do this? Why don't we all join them? Just follow me in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I understand that true healing can only come from you. I want to let go of my past. I want to let go of all my hurt. From this day on, I no longer rule myself. But it is you who owns my life. From this day on, I declare that you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and from this day on, I have eternal life in you. I am forever healed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen.